This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 2278. How I got digital minimalism right the second time around by Leslie Watson with becomingminimalist.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Monday, and welcome to one of the only podcasts in the world where blogs are narrated to you for free. That's with permission from the authors. Now we're gonna get right to it and start optimizing your life. How I Got Digital Minimalism Right the Second Time Around by Leslie Watson with becomingminimalist.com. Four months after reading Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, I thought I had analog living all figured out. I spent two uncomfortable weeks detoxing from my standard American smartphone addiction until my tech cravings subsided. I was keeping so busy offline that I seldom missed my phone. Soon, I was averaging just 62 minutes a day on my mobile phone compared to the United States norm and my own history of three to five hours daily. My husband and I share a computer and don't have a television, so my cell phone is often my only screen. Reducing my smartphone use did more than just free up two to four hours a day. I was less distractible and more energetic too. My relationships improved when I stopped fubbing family and friends. Some of them even volunteered to put their phones away during our in-person visits as well. I felt like a digital minimalism success story before quarantine, but as my schedule emptied, my screen-free convictions faltered. According to Instagram, the rest of the world was using their time windfalls to bake bread and plant vegetable gardens, but I was glued to news headlines and Netflix. Apparently, I wasn't the only one hooked on digital bait when the future grew more unpredictable. TV consumption reached staggering levels during the coronavirus crisis. Video game sales were record-breaking as well. In fact, I finally recognized the severity of my own personal tech relapse when my vision went blurry from playing too many rounds of my little pony bubble blast. Hitting rock bottom with my unicorns and alicorns left me feeling counterproductive and lethargic. Relieving unfamiliar stressors with digital entertainment had been comforting at first, but several weeks of excessive screen time sapped my motivation for any greater purpose. Ready for healthier habits, I resolved to get back in control of my tech use once and for all. The most important lesson I learned during my second digital detox is that in-the-moment willpower is fickle. Mastering digital minimalism is all about setting yourself up for success in advance so you won't need to rely solely on willpower. I also discovered the importance of modifying screen time strategies and goals during major life changes. 
knowing several techniques ahead of time allows for a more seamless transition. Here's a playbook of the eight practices I've found most effective in reducing my screen time. Number one, build a support system. Speaking up is the first step to normalizing a screen-free lifestyle. I'm growing more comfortable talking about my need to unplug. By bringing up the issue, I've learned that my entire social circle is experiencing digital overwhelm too. Once we broke the stigma, we were able to help each other stay on track. The best part was setting new standards for response times. Nobody feels guilty for waiting until it's convenient to reply to texts and emails. Number two, replace some technology with analog alternatives. Using a smartphone to update my calendar or grocery list often led to wasting time on other apps. I avoid that temptation now by using a paper notebook for planning and list making. Number three, turn off most notifications. Phone calls and text messages are the only phone features I allow notifications from. I check email and other apps at my convenience instead of reacting every time a notification appears. Number four, use do not disturb mode. From 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day, my phone is in automated do not disturb mode. I also turn on do not disturb manually when I'm working or driving. In case of emergencies, I allow text message overrides from anyone on my contact list who types urgent. Number five, unsubscribe and unfollow. It was easy to decide which blogs and newsletters and social media accounts to leave behind once I started considering how much I'd be willing to pay for their updates. Any content that I wouldn't spend money on isn't worth my time either. Number six, dock your phone. Portability makes our devices even more addictive. I used to carry my smartphone around in my pocket even when I was at home. Now I keep devices near the garage door. When I get an urge to use my phone, I'm forced to pause and decide if I wanna walk across the house to collect it. Number seven, time block online activities. Scheduling specific time slots for all non-essential tech use makes both my online and offline time more focused. When I think of an optional online task, I write it down as a reminder for later instead of grabbing my phone right away. And number eight, set personalized conditions for addictive apps. Some digital minimalists have resolved to only watch Netflix with family or friends. Others won't use social media until chores are finished. The biggest game changer for me was creating a smartphone folder labeled bike. Apps in that folder are only options if I'm riding my stationary bike. My quarantine experience taught me to abandon all or nothing thinking about technology. I now have the tools to maintain a screen life balance even in difficult circumstances. Time for higher priorities plus a calm, focused state of mind have been my rewards for practicing digital minimalism. I hope the eight strategies mentioned will help you accomplish your goals as well. You just listened to the post titled, How I Got Digital Minimalism Right the Second Time Around by Leslie Watson with becomingminimalist.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you to Leslie, a guest writer on Joshua Becker's site, Becoming Minimalist. There was a great line there. Willpower is fickle. It's totally true and something we've heard here and there on this show before. Willpower and motivation can get us started, that's great, but holding a habit is by far the hardest and most valuable part. But the good news is, you can set up your environment in a way that makes building the habit easier. Even if it's something small that makes it just a tiny bit easier, well, that's a win. All eight of the suggestions in today's post are great places to start if you're trying to lower that screen time. But it's tough, I'm in the same boat. Most everything I do for work is digital, even recording this. Sounds like it might not be, but I keep the blog post on a screen instead of on paper because that would be thousands of pages of writing if I had to print it all out. Then at night, I usually like some kind of TV entertainment. Then there's texts, emails, it's a lot of screens. If you take a look at wherever your phone tracks it, I'm sure it'll be shockingly high for you as well. So always a good idea to try to limit it, even just a bit where we can. One thing I try to do is not do video calls and instead audio calls only. That way I'm off of a screen, but also I can walk around comfortably and get extra steps in. That's how the co-founder of this show and I catch up. It's actually very, very rare that we catch up on video. But see what works for you. You never know what will help. So have a great start to your week. Thank you for being here with me and listening every day. And I'll be back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.